Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers. Welcome to another weekly episode of the Unstuck Institute podcast. This week, we have a very special guest. Jeff Anderson is going to tell us all about starting and running nonprofits. So for those of you interested in a nonprofit business, uh, this episode's for you. So just a few things to know about Jeff. He's got a very impressive and long resume. Here we go. He has helped launch four nonprofits and sat on the board of directors for five. He has 12 years of experience in nonprofit work as a program manager, resource development specialist, and executive leadership. He is a Talent Academy Fellow with the Grants Collective. He has worked as a program and resource development consultant and has presented on program management and resource development in local, state, and national conferences. He has worked with nonprofits in a variety of sectors, including arts, education, healthcare, economic development, social, political activism, and more. Since 2017, he has secured over $6 million in funding for local nonprofits and grants. Specifically, he has an 82% success rate and awarded grants have received 95% of the total ask. So that is a pretty lofty resume. Welcome, Jeff Anderson, to the podcast. Hey, thank you, Joshua Bean. I appreciate that welcome. (laughs) So I don't really understand what makes you qualified for this, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> no. You want to talk about nonprofits? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've i never really done it before. I'm just going to wing it. Okay, good. That's fair. <laughs> so, Jeff, tell us tell us about these nonprofits you've worked for and tell us your story, how you got to uh, amass this long resume here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I uh, am born and raised uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, I actually went to high school with Josh here at Valley High School. Um, Don't give it away, man. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, wait. No, we've never met each other before. And uh, no. Uh, and so I've known known this guy for a long time. Um, and I really, I love Albuquerque. It's It's an amazing city to live in. And I am really passionate about working to make it an even better place to live. And so... When I was in college, I I went to college for theater, and I realized that in order to do theater in Albuquerque, uh, working with nonprofits in the nonprofit sector was kind of a trick that I'd have to learn in order to do what I wanted to do because it's difficult to make a living in theater based purely on ticket sales. Um, I did a calculation once where your average theater would have to charge something along the lines of like $350 or $400 a ticket in order to pay their uh, artists at a professional wage. And no one in Albuquerque and really in most cities in the world would be able to afford that. So uh, grants and donations and uh, sponsorships were were the way to go. So that's how I got into the nonprofit world was was as a way to uh, fund my my theater lifestyle, essentially. Um, I started working, the first nonprofit I worked for uh, was in before and after school program called Children's Choice. 
and I started working as a summer camp counselor. And then uh, eventually they asked if I would like to help build a specific program. They were wanting to do um, enrichment camps and classes. So like uh, once a week, uh, one and a half hour after school classes on a specific uh, subject where they'd bring a professional from the community in to work with kids. And I thought that it would be really great if these classes could be free to students or at least incredibly low cost. So I asked them if they would let me figure out how to write grants, um, solicit donations, and and help students access the program for free at the same time as building the program. So this organization, Children's Choice, they were really great at professional development. So they sent me to conferences and workshops and trainings on grant writing and fundraising and building nonprofit programs. And that's where I really got a lot of my base knowledge. Um, I also worked for a theater company called Blackout Theater that did productions as well as a in-class or in-school education program. Uh, playwriting with students and um, learned a lot about uh, how to budget for nonprofits and, of course, continue to write grants and donations as well as uh, manage programs and work an, on an executive uh, level where you're working with the board of directors as well as the, the staff of the nonprofits. Um, from there, I have helped uh, start a few nonprofits as a member of the board of directors. One was a company that took international artists and, and had them tour around the United States. Another was Kiwanis Club of Albuquerque, which is a service organization here in the city, and currently sit on the board of directors of Air Dance New Mexico, which is a aerial artist organization. And currently I work for a couple of nonprofits. One is called Arts Hub and another is called Any Given Child Albuquerque. Arts Hub is focused on supporting artists and Any Given Child is focused on providing arts education in schools. And yeah, that's kind of my background in nonprofit work. Great. Well, you have definitely niched into a very knowledgeable person <laughs> in a very specific sector. <laughs> I like how you knew, used niched. <laughs> niched in the past tense. <laughs> My eyes are completely open in awe of all that you've accomplished and all that you're involved in because that's amazing. Oh, how, how old are you, Jeff? I am 34. That's pretty impressive for 34. <laughs> That's hella accomplished. I'm 33. I got a year to get a better resume going. Yeah, what have you done with your life, Josh? Nothing. <laughs> Will you tell our listeners a little bit about um, about starting a nonprofit? And for those who might have an idea of like what starting a business is like, what what's different about starting a nonprofit? Absolutely, yeah. So real talk, uh, nonprofit real talk. Uh, first and foremost, from folks that I've talked to who have started their own business, um, as well as worked in the nonprofit field, uh, running a nonprofit is typically more administrative work than running a small business. So uh, lots of people think like, oh, nonprofits, you don't have to pay taxes. That's obviously the way to go. But keep in mind that while you're also providing your services or goods, 
you're doing your marketing, you're doing your professional development, you're managing the books, all the stuff that you have to do with a normal, uh, you know, for-profit business. Um, for a 501c3, which is the, the IRS designation for a nonprofit, um, you also have to report to funders, do extra compliance that it takes to maintain your 501c3, design and execute fundraising campaigns, recruit and manage a volunteer board of directors, maybe even do staff-level volunteer management. Um, and on top of that, you're significantly more restricted on how you spend the money than a uh, for-profit small business might be. You can't just pay bonuses or decide, like, we had a really good month, therefore, you know, me as the person who started it, I'm going to take an extra 1000 out of the account. You just, you just can't do that. Um, because the goal of a nonprofit is not to um, enrich an individual, it's it's to enrich the community. And legally, you are, um, well, I guess your board of directors is a caretaker of, of public-private funds, essentially. Um, so they're, they're managing funds that the community has entrusted you with. So that's an interesting fact that I, I remember learning about when we, so we were both in Blackout Theater Company together years ago, and we turned our little fledgling theater company into a nonprofit. I remember the, the long discussion about uh, needing to get a board of directors that isn't necessarily us theater artists, and legally that means they're in charge, Right. Yeah, and I think that's not something that people necessarily think of when they're like, "I'm going to start a nonprofit." Because if I'm executive director and I assemble a board of directors above me, they are technically above me. Yeah, you could be fired at any moment. Technically, now usually you form a, a board of directors that likes you and is friendly towards you yes. and likes the work that you do. But if they feel you veer too off mission. Um, or are doing unscrupulous stuff, uh, they they can remove you and they are well within their legal rights. Whereas if you're owning a business, you're the only one who can remove yourself. Right. Now, that all being said, um, so as you can see, if you can make a profit with your idea and the price of your good and, and or service is accessible to those who need it most, start a for-profit company. You, it's way more flexible. It's it's way less compliance and administrative work. But if that's not the case, if what you're doing isn't really a marketable good or service, or you would have to sell it at a price point that would that would leave people out who really need it, then becoming a five hundred one c three a nonprofit is your best option. And not to scare people away, but it can be incredibly rewarding work. And if you do it right, you're going to make a tangible difference in the community, which is always a, a great thing to see. So the basics, basics of starting a nonprofit is first, you'll have to build your mission and vision out. Um, and to kind of help with that, I, I came up with a fake nonprofit um, that provides health care to families. It's very generic. It's called Health Solutions. So choose a better name than that, I would say, if you're no, a nonprofit. Good name. Stick with it. Yeah, you're like <laughs> <laughs> Health Solutions. I'm sure that's a nonprofit somewhere. I'm sure there's so many nonprofits. It's true. And that's another reason why maybe if you can start a for-profit business, you'll want to. So our company, Health Solutions, so our mission, similar to a for-profit, you want to build, you want to build it out based on what, what the problem you solve is and how you go about solving the problem in one sentence, preferably. So in this case, Health Solutions provides access to high-quality health care for families so that every parent and child can live a healthy life regardless of income. 
So that's the mission of health solutions. Then you want to build out your vision. Again, this is something that's probably very similar to the for-profit world, um, but you frame it in the idea of if you are completely successful in in, in fulfilling your mission, what would be the permanent change that would come about in the world? So health solutions vision is a world where everyone, regardless of income or where they live, can have access to life-saving health care. And everything you do should come back to these two things because they should be the driver of your work. Um, whereas, you know, a for-profit business, your, your mission and vision is providing a specific good or service that you feel people need. It's not that much different in, in the nonprofit world. It's just typically this good or service is not something that people can pay, pay for or, or is generally accessible as a price point. I'm happy that you related that back to the for-profit world, because there are similarities there. You need to understand what your goals are as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, large business, large corporation, whatever that looks like, before you can move on and fulfill that mission and vision every day. So really good point there. Especially when you start unifying uh, more than just yourself, right? Absolutely. Nonprofit, you got a board of directors right away, but for-profit, you eventually have employees and stuff and you want everyone to know what their job is at the end of the day. Yeah. Again, like for-profit, you're sending people on a mission. You're sending your employees and your board of directors, um, your donors, your grant writers, your volunteers, you're sending them on a mission and that mission has to be compelling um, and it has to solve a problem, um, um, which I think is also true for for-profits, but I think in the nonprofit world, the problem you're solving has to be clear and compelling and something that people understand as, as an issue that is holding your community or the world back generally from progressing. Um, that's the most effective mission. And you also want to make sure that your mission and vision are, are specific enough that, that it's clear what you do, but you also want to make them broad enough that you're pretty flexible. Because one thing that's different about your mission as a nonprofit is that is what you are legally held accountable to for your 501c3 status. So if you start veering outside of the mission that you've given the IRS and whatever state you happen to live in, your 501c3 status can be revoked. Um, your business won't be shut down, but you can't be a nonprofit anymore. Um, and so it, it's important to make it specific so people know what you do, but broad enough that you can change with the time. So for our, our example, for our, our fake company here, um, uh, it, the problem in their community currently might be diabetes. There might be a huge diabetes epidemic in their community, um, but they don't want to say we our mission is to prevent diabetes or help those with diabetes because then if they're successful and or uh, if other factors mean diabetes isn't the biggest issue, they're flexible enough to to move in a different direction because it's healthcare, it's access to healthcare. You can change your mission, but it's it's way easier to set a specifically broad mission um, at the beginning. Um, next, uh, once you have that, you'll, you will have to register as an LLC. Um, and then you'll file for your 501c3 with the IRS through a form 1023, which is not a fun form. Uh, and I highly advise you to get a lawyer. Uh, it's a 65 page application. Um, yeah, it's, it's big. Uh, it takes a long time. That sounds like you need a bottle of wine to accompany that. There you go. You might need several bottles over several days. <laughs> 
Uh, you'll need, uh, before you fill that out, you'll need a board of directors. Uh, you'll need at minimum a president, a secretary, and a treasurer. You will need your mission, and you'll need articles of incorporation that are tailored towards nonprofits. Um, you'll need to know which regulatory bodies govern nonprofits in your state and or city and register with them. For example, in New Mexico, it's the Secretary of State and Attorney General. Um, you'll generally have to file yearly reports with them, the IRS, and any other regulatory bodies that, uh, that govern the nonprofit sector. Uh, you don't have to pay all the taxes that a for-profit business would, would have to pay. Wahoo. Yay. But you still have to pay applicable employer taxes uh, whenever you have employees. And any income you make that is not related to your 501c3, like I know lots of nonprofits have thrift stores they set up to support their work, that income is often taxed because it's not what their charitable mission is. Um, it's just mm. how they raise money. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. It's it's really, there's a lot of gray area in there. But again, I would say talk to a lawyer if if you start a nonprofit and you're not sure, is this related to my mission? Will I be taxed on this? And then if you are, pay those taxes. Um, really, it's pretty standardized, which is nice. So you can uh, search, how do I form a 501c3 in and then whatever state you're in, and you'll probably get most of the information you'll need. That was the real talk stuff. Yeah, so that my head's already spinning from everything you just said, and I've been through a lot of that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, that was a lot of work. Agreed. <laughs> it's awesome that we're talking about this now because I had an epiphany a couple of months ago that I wanted a nonprofit, or rather I eventually want a nonprofit sector of my business. So this is putting it into reality for me that it's, hefty and I think I need someone else with a knowledge base of it already to help me along with it. So Ooh-wee. yeah. And I, <laughs> I know in a couple of your early episodes, you talked about finding a mentor. Um, and the same is true in this find a mentor who's been through this before, because the mistakes you can make are many. And, uh, if you mess up, especially in this first part, like the IRS process can take a moment. And if you mess up, it can take even more of a moment. Um, and so, yeah, highly recommend finding a mentor, um, and finding a lawyer who can help you fill out this and all this initial stuff and make sure you're compliant. Jeff, can you also tell us about, um, uh, fiscal sponsor organizations and how that might be helpful? Yes. Thank you. Great thing to bring up. So I've read a lot and especially recently about finding a fiscal sponsor. Essentially fiscal sponsor is, is a, uh, already established 501c3 that's willing to take on your organization as a fiscally sponsored project. And what that means essentially is they're saying, legally, they're saying that your organization is actually a project of their organization. So you are our, our fake company here is Healthcare Solutions. Maybe there's a nonprofit hospital in their community. And before they want to go through all of the work of setting up board of directors and applying for that application, they want to make sure that their, their project is a good idea and it's going to work. Um, so they might approach that nonprofit hospital and say, hey, can we be a fiscally sponsored organization under you? The hospital agrees. They sign an agreement. And then technically that nonprofit, all the grants and donations and any income is going to the the hospital. But through the agreement, the hospital says, we're going to take, you know, 15% off the top to do it 
for administration, insurance, all that fun stuff. Um, and the rest will go, you can, you can decide how to use it. It's a tricky thing and you want to, you want to make sure you find a really good fiscal sponsor because they're also a nonprofit. So they may be also applying for grants that you'd want to go after and donors that you'd want to go after. And you don't want to compete with your fiscal sponsor. Um, but you also want a fiscal sponsor who will actually do what they say they will do and, and maintain the books and make sure they you can have uh, your financial reports on time and that their board of directors is behind it. So it's a little bit of a, of a tightrope game when finding a fiscal sponsor, but it's really useful to get started because you can just start doing the work right away. So that's all the real talk, boring stuff, if you will, um, but <laughs> vital stuff. Uh, as within, you know, if you do all that, you will technically have a nonprofit and you will be able to start doing business as a nonprofit. Hey, Unstuckers, Josh here. So we had so much fun talking with Jeff about all the ins and outs of the nonprofit world that we just kept going for a very long time. So we're going to go ahead and break this up into two episodes. So that's the end of the first part. But join us next week where we'll conclude the second half of the interview with Jeff Anderson and talk about building a team and the keys to success for running a good nonprofit. So that's a wrap for this week. We'll be back next week in website and show notes or at www.unstuff.institute. If you know anyone in the nonprofit world or who'd like to start a nonprofit, please share this episode with them. It means so much to us and hopefully be helpful to them. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Jump in, do it, because the world needs to be a better place. Thank you.